Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Are No Alamo, the mental health podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome to the Wana fam. Before we get started, there are a couple things that we want you to know. This podcast is about opening up the conversation about mental illness, or as we would like to neutralize the language and call it MI. And we want you to know that we care about you and you, we want you to stay with us. So if you're having suicidal thoughts or a plan, please stop listening to this podcast and call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK or text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They provide 24-7 support to people in crisis situations. And remember, it's about opening up the conversation here, and sometimes it's easier to talk about the hard stuff when you know that you're not alone because we are no Alamo. Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Paige Whalen, and with me today is... Ashley Wood. What is up, Ashley? How have you been? I've been pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. What's a life update right now? Um, I am taking Spanish and working, so my life is basically just studying and learning and going to work. Where are you? boring, but pretty constant. Sounds like it's a baseline. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm at least functioning, so. Exactly. I'm really excited for that. Um, So for this episode, I just want to make sure that everyone knows, just as Matthew, um, our co-host, also had a an episode dedicated to him and his story about mental health um, a couple weeks ago. Check that episode out. This episode is for Ashley, and it's for... All the women out there who are experiencing MI symptoms or on medication or thinking about getting pregnant or if it's even a possibility with MI. And before we get into that, I think we need to give some credit to Ashley for this past year. And can you tell us that story, Ashley? Um, Well, yeah, I had a uh, psychotic break. Um, and was hospitalized for close to 20 days. Um, I lost my brother and my mother um, and uh, seven other people. So it was quite a lot over the course of about six years. And that really kind of got to me. Um, And that's probably what caused my my mental break. But um, 
this week my brother would have been 31, so it's a particularly hard week for me. Yesterday. So yeah. today we are recording on February 21st, 2019. Um, it, it was February 19th, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're recording. Yeah. So, so, February 19th. He would have been 31 years old, so it's just, it's a hard thing. It's, uh, you know, you learn to get stronger. Um, I like to say that you get stronger, it doesn't get easier. So... Um, but yeah, so that's been kind of me this week, uh, just kind of going through last year, I had a really hard time, um, that was when he would have turned 30, and so that was kind of a big, would have been a big birthday for him, and so this year, um, I think I did a little bit better and kind of took the day for myself. And just to give some context, I don't mean to cut you off, but last year when we met an intensive outpatient, um, the reason we connected so much, in my opinion, was because of February 19th. Yeah. Hunter's, you know, passing and in remembrance of him, basically. I remember you, like, sitting in the middle, like, not looking at every, anyone else except for the social worker to get down to it, you know, because it was so important to yeah. you. Yeah. And then yesterday, you having a job and doing all of this stuff for Juana and... It just, I'm just so proud. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of design work for Wana, design work for my dad's company, Steelform, um, and uh, also just working and doing Spanish, and so yeah, lots of like actually functionality going on. And this year's been a lot of that for me, um, kind of going from not really being able to do much of anything to. Um, actually like functioning going get kind of getting back into society yeah Um, that's one thing about like having a psychotic break is it definitely like pulls you out of society um and you have to be kind of careful about not not institutionalizing yourself in your own home so um I kind of understand that like you don't put yourself under house arrest right Mm -hmm. yeah and you kind of got to get back out there and go to work and get things done and yeah, get and actually like start functioning again, which is definitely like a hard thing to do. Um, like when I was in the hospital, they were doing most of that for me. I mean, it was like, you just eat and sleep and God, right. Yeah. And then you go to like, what did they give us? Like the granddaddy of all Benadryl. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, Lord. To sleep, yeah. We just want to keep everyone calm and not deal with you. Yeah. um, They just try and keep everyone at some type of calm baseline. Yeah, well, let's leave it on a high note about Hunter. What is your favorite memory of him? Like, what do you want Um, people to know about this guy? He would be 31. Well, he was hilarious. So, um, there was one thing he said one day, he just walked in and he goes, I know money can't buy happiness, but I have everything I need to be happy except for money. <laughs> Which was just something that really, I just thought it was <laughs> very insightful. It really is actually. Um, but, uh, just to kind of explain how he was, uh, he was maybe 10, um, and he got in the car, we were picking him up from school one day and he got in the car and he was so excited because uh, his teacher had let him keep a kickball that was completely split in half and held together by the little spigot where you would put the air in. Oh my and, gosh, like the pump? Yeah, I mean, it was basically trash. It was just a piece of rubber, you know. 
And yeah. he was so excited about this, you know, that his teacher let him keep it. And um, my mom was like, well, you know, we really can't fix that kickball. You know, split completely down the seam. And he goes, oh, no, there's tons of things I can do with it, Mom. And he puts it on his head and he goes, Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. frontier. <laughs> Please let it, it be a beaver pelt. <laughs> yeah, and he turns it over to the side on his head and goes, puppy dog ears. And then holds it up to his chest and goes, lungs, mother. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? He like, <laughs> this guy was a character for real. Yeah, I mean, he found, like, three different things to do with it and, you know... Just a very, in a 10 second period, you know. The entrepreneur <laughs> yeah. for being a little dick as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, had a thing that we would say to each other, because there was probably like a whole year that we just didn't speak, where when you're growing up, you just don't, like you kind of grow apart from your siblings. Yeah, and, I understand um, that. There was a cartoon clipping that had one guy saying to another guy, I'm going to tell God to stab you. And... <laughs> Me and Hunter just moved it from one of each other's doors to the other door, back and forth every day for almost 365 days. Did you get this? Did you get this? I hope you got it. Yeah. Just back and forth. You're missing out, man. Oh, my gosh. So even when we weren't communicating, we were communicating. I love it. Well, shout out, Hunter. Yeah. We love you, man. Yeah. I love you, brother. Forever and always. All right, let's get into the podcast. Okay. Ashley, this is your podcast. How would uh, you like to open up? Um, I, I mean, it's really just about, um, it's not just for me, it's about for anyone that's trying to get pregnant on medications and um, whether or not the risk outweighs the benefit, um, the risk to the fetus versus the benefit to the mother of being on the medication. Um, and... I just think that that's a topic to talk about. Ultimately, it is something that I recommend going and talking to your doctor about. Definitely. And, of course, we are not medical professionals on this podcast at all. It's all about opening up the conversation. And, you know, everyone's going through this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and more and more women are um, actually being able to, you know, take their take newer medications, um, newer antidepressants, newer antipsychotics while they're pregnant um, and without as many adverse effects um, as there used to be. So it is something that is getting safer. Uh, In my situation particularly, uh, the medication that I'm on is um, just because we had um, talked to our doctor before and um, he had suggested that if I did get pregnant on the medication, I might have to terminate the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't want to have to go through that. It was, um, I didn't want to have to um, risk birth defects. And so um, it was something that kind of we chose to do together. Um, and um, to all the guys out there, he got a vasectomy so that I didn't have to take more medication, which can interact with your current medication anyways. So that's another thing to think about, too, is your birth control can affect your psychological state. Getting off of them can harm the fetus, um, can even cause miscarriage. So that's something to think about. Yeah, um, I want to talk about, like, the, um, the article I sent to you because I'm on this app that, like, 
fractured fertility. I'm almost 30. I'm in a committed relationship. Like, I don't know if I can have kids because I've had a lot of female problems growing up. But might as well track something, right? But based on what I'm inputting for the data, they, like, give me these things like, oh, you know, pregnancy and depression. You know what I mean? I sent you that article. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yeah, but it gives false hope. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it can because when you look online, there's tons and tons of stuff online that says that there's antidepressants and antipsychotics that are compatible with pregnancy that won't harm the fetus or that have low risk to the fetus. Um, but in other studies, like, you know, um, there was a study done in Australia and um, women that had been on these medications, you know, antidepressants, antipsychotics, had a 43% higher risk of their children needing, like, neonatal ACU or some type of medical intervention like after right, up, right, up, right after they were born. So not yeah. in, like, during pregnancy? Yeah, it was because, though, of the medications that they were taking when they were pregnant. So, um, and so... Even though it's a thing now, more women are on these medications, more women are trying to um, go through a full-term pregnancy on these medications, there's still a high risk. There's still studies that show that it's a high risk. And most doctors would prefer that you get off the medications before getting pregnant. So uh, my advice really is if you're thinking about getting pregnant and you're on any of these types of medications, you're on antidepressants or you're on antipsychotics or anti-anxiety medicine, um, go and talk to your doctor first about a plan to get off of the medication or whether or not your medication is, um, you know, compatible with pregnancy, whether or not it's going to hurt the fetus. Because, um, um, Ashley, or I know it's really hard. Can you tell our listeners, like, why this is so important to you? Um, just because it's something I always thought I would be a mom. So it's something that's really kind of hard um, for me. A lot of friends of mine right now just happen to be kind of getting pregnant and having their own children, and it's a milestone that they're making in their lives that I'm not going to make. And so it's really hard for me um, to kind of watch them in the process. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I think that it's really important to not give women false hope. Um, when you go and look online and it says that you can be on these medications, um, yeah, <laughs> when it says you can be on these medications, it's, um, not necessarily the case for everybody. Um, there's a definite, like, you know, weighing the benefits of the medications to the mother, you know, versus the risk of the medications to the fetus. Yeah. Um, it's better if you can to, if you don't have severe MI, uh, to get off of the medications. In my case, that's not an option. So, um, I didn't want to risk, you know, especially since my medications, they've been changed up quite recently. You never know if your medications are changed up. Um, and then also just the shock of like, I had one psychotic break. I wouldn't want that to happen while I was pregnant. And that's what I was telling you a couple of days ago. Like I just, and everybody shout out to well women's because go get your well women's checkups with your gynecologist every year. Cause it's important. Um, anyway, I got that done. And I, like I said before, like, I don't really know if I want to have kids mm -hmm. yet. 
and we talked about before, like, even if I could, I'm, I still struggle, like, with the moral and ethical dilemma of people ask if this is genetic. It's on, you know, the survey sheets, the mm-hmm. quiz sheets before you even go into a doctor's office, you know? So if it is genetic, what do I take the path of, and sorry, everybody, this is the dog outside. Yes. <laughs> he was going to do I make that decision for my child to maybe have this someday? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought it was a dog. No, it's the bunny. We have a, a bunny. His name is Martin Van Buren. No, it's actually like Fred Sudafed. No. Or whatever I come up with. No, his but, name yeah. is Martin Van Buren and he is looks just like the A's president. And so mm-hmm. that's why I named him. Just imagine like a brown and white lob. lob rabbit anyway what I was saying is like the whole pregnancy like with MI like and me maybe having a choice and not it it tears at me because I know that there's nothing I can do about your struggle all I can do is be there for you right yeah I mean there's not really anything that anyone can do with that yeah um it's just something that like um if you want to have kids and you can't have kids, there's always, you know, other options in the back of your mind, but it's definitely something that you just kind of have to learn to, you know, take in and, you know, kind of get past that that's not going to be a chapter in your life. Mm-hmm. And so... Like you get through the morning phase of things that might have been and look forward to the future of good things to come. Yeah, exactly. And um, me and my husband both just decided that also because of the risk of what we could pass on, I didn't want to pass on any of my MI. Um, he, um, his family has MI in uh, his genes as well um, and um, autism as well. So it's definitely not something that we wanted to pass on. So we just kind of made a collective decision since it was dangerous for me to get pregnant on the medications that I was on and I couldn't get off of the medications. I don't know if I could either, but I've never talked to my doctor about it, because I'm scared to. Yeah, and I mean, one, I mean, maybe one day I will be able to, but it just, it wasn't a viable option. It hasn't been a viable option for many years, and probably won't be for many years, so, um, and with me, I'm already 35 years old, so, um. Yeah, what does that mean in doctor speak? Because I don't fucking agree with this. Period. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, if You're I... You're an octogenarian at 35. No, it's a um, geriatric pregnancy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what it is. So, and, yeah, <laughs> after 35, um, they call it a geriatric pregnancy, so... Um, You're yeah. not at home Yeah, and I think that that is something to... Uh, um, one, you know, kind of light at the end of the tunnel is if you do really want to get pregnant one day or have children one day, um, look into freezing your eggs because that's an option for you. Um, maybe one day once you're off the medication, then you can, um, get pregnant. So, and since this is about Ashley's story, we were going to kind of talk about maybe like the ups and downs of, freezing your eggs while you're on medication and kind of look into the research on that. But we wanted this to be more personable. Yeah. It's a big thing for women 
especially as a man, especially, you know, realizing, you know, this huge thing in your life might not ever happen. And that's tough. Yeah, it is really tough. Um, one of the things that got to me the most when I was in the hospital, and it is for very, very good reasons, but they have laws that um, the hospital I was in had a children's ward. And, um, for example, when we were lining up to go and eat lunch, if the children were coming back from lunch late, they would make us all get back to where we couldn't even see the children. And, and it was to keep um, adult patients away from children, pa- children patients, you know, um, minors, uh, which may make sense, you know. It makes legal sense. It does. Um, it but it kind of... a hole in my heart, like... Broke Keep my them heart. away from the mental patients so you don't scar the new generation. Yeah, exactly. It was Ooh, it was so a, a, a kind of tough thing for me. Um, I think I that that's... That. Um, and just the general idea of people out there um, seeing my mental illness as a reason for me to not be around... Yeah, my MI my about as a reason for me to not be around um, their children really kind of broke my heart, you know, and that's not really the case. Um, there's no correlation between, like, dangerous behavior and MI, um, even though there's delusions and stuff. Like, for example, I was never at risk physically to myself or anyone else. I just was completely delusional. Right. So, um, And I can definitely empathize with that because I – had a falling out with part of my family over the holidays because drank too many margaritas and then everyone knew I had a my and all of a sudden I was a baby to your children. Yeah. And um, I was not the only one who had been cheated at a baby shower. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I feel you, girl. And I hope that people can understand that too instead of just drawing this conclusion based on their own um, anecdotal evidence from other people. Yeah, I mean, um, there's tons of other disorders, and you would never, um, and illnesses that you would never treat anyone that way towards, you know. So, um, I think that that's one of the biggest things is to remember that this is something that is a lot more common than people realize. And And I think we're on the right path, don't you think? Yeah, and I think we are too. Immediately at this moment when it's finally coming to fruition that people are opening up the conversation. Yeah. It's on every day. And next week we might talk about this episode on E! News I saw that compared this person with bipolar disorder to seeing ghosts. I'm like, come on, people. Like, let's talk about the real stuff like we do on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, there's what is the daily struggle of someone with bipolar disorder versus someone might see ghosts during a psychotic breakdown. Exactly. Which they might have because of a bipolar, an underlying bipolar. Yeah, um, I recently heard um, they were talking about um, on television about someone dangerous, and uh, they said, is this person evil or mentally ill? And I was kind of highly offended by, like that's by the two being word choices that you think. Yeah, exactly. Are by they, being categorized, evil? yeah, <laughs> by being categorized as having something and wrong with me that makes me day. evil. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think that that is a really 
dangerous way to look at mental illness. Um, you're looking at a huge percentage of the population that way, for example. Um, and you would never treat anyone with other, any other illness that way. Um, for good reason. You would be embarrassed, too. You'd so, hide out. Like, people hide out right now. Yeah, and so I think that that's... Um, uh, and also just the idea that you, you know, there are people out there that have a situation like they're on a medication that's different than mine, that they might be able to have children. They might have had children before they were diagnosed. Um, their medication may not have. Yeah, exactly. Their options may be different than mine. And so it's not only that you can be around children and that you're not dangerous, but that you can actually be a parent to children as well. It is a possibility, but it is something that if you do have MI, you need to talk to with your doctor. And in our last episode, we talked about MI in um, the many sides of Jane, the A&E. Yeah. And um, how she's good with her children and how the whole um, situation is. She shouldn't be allowed to be a parent if she has all these multiple personality disorders. Like no, 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 no. Let's let's check the facts. Like this might be a DSM like gray area, but with the facts, she's good with her children. They're fine. Again, she takes them to school and all this other stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like the thing that I had heard, you know, where she compared being evil. You know, um, I couldn't help but think about how um, there's people compare mental illness so much to something that's like evil or you're just not safe to be around children. Um, when anyone else, you're just going to suck them into the crazy. Yeah. Um, when really like for one, a lot of the things that people are talking about there, it is very, um, used interchangeably, MI and personality disorders. And generally, um, what people think about is people that are dangerous, um, uh, a lot of peop- times people think of people that are um, psychotic as people that are psychopathic. Being psychopathic and being sociopathic, those can be dangerous personality disorders, but those are not under the same spectrum of mental illness as, say, bipolar disorder. Yeah. I agree. Ashley, this episode, I really want to, you know, leave it off before our mastering sexy like thank you so much I'm I don't know another woman or human being that I would be friends with who would be open to coming on a mental health podcast and say you know I came from pregnant and here's my situation and I hope everyone who's listening to this can identify with the seriousness and you know give Ashley some respect and open up yourselves to this conversation as well. We are here every Friday. Please rate, review, subscribe, comment. We always love to hear from you. And Mastery Self City. Do you want me to go? You want to go first? Um, I think for my mastery this week so far has been doing your business cards. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Can't wait to Get those out there, y'all. Like, yeah. Check out the Instagram. Whenever we get them in, it's going on the gram. Yeah. And my self-soothe is bath with eye masks. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Lots of lush, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I actually finished up my mastery today. And what I was trying to do 
was make like a messy beanie situation for Ashley for Valentine's Day, but I've never crocheted before. So basically, I turned the situation into a a, a bag holder. So like a um, grocery bag holder. <laughs> yeah, it worked out great. She it did a great job. Works, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She did a great job. <laughs> Ashley's husband, Pete, took a great picture. I'm going to post it on the gram, too. Um, so, and myself, too, is also going to be to learn how to crochet something else better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in this week. As always, remember, you are not alone. We want you to stay with us because... We're yeah. no Alamo. Ciao for now, you guys. Bye. Bye. When I'm going down. Going down. Yeah. Who are the biggest partiers in a deck of cards? I don't know who. The king and queen of clubs. <laughs> <laughs>